Welcome back to another episode of Fight in Progress, a podcast conversation about our men and women in law enforcement and the challenges they face. With lead stress coach and founder of Under the Shield Foundation, Susan Simmons, and Arizona police officer, Ace Walker. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 32 of Fight in Progress. We are so happy to be back on the air and we just wanted to get started with a one-on-one between Susan and I on some of the current events going on with Chris passing away, with me losing my job, and with the podcast kind of being off the air for a while. We want to give you guys an update on where we've been and what we've been doing. So we're going to do that today on this episode and then next week we're going to get into what happened with my appeal process and all the craziness there. It's going to be a good couple of episodes. We're so happy you guys could join us. Here's a word from our sponsors, UFIT MMA and from FHE Health. Thanks, guys. This is Dr. Bo Nelson. I'm the Director of Clinical Services at FHE Health in Deerfield Beach, Florida. For over 20 years, FHE Health has been providing quality substance abuse and mental health services. An important part of our work is our Shatterproof program that works with first responders. We treat police, fire, EMS, military, and corrections officers in an environment that is supportive of them. We have a staff of trained professionals who understand the issues that first responders go through. Some of our staff are former first responders. We also have an innovative neurotherapy program that actually gets to the root of the problems that are faced by our first responders. This can include PTSD, depression, anxiety, and substance abuse disorders. At FHE Health, our Shatterproof program is designed to help the people who help others. We are committed to the first responder population, and we offer hope and healing. Welcome back to Fight in Progress. We have been off the air now for a little while, with the exception of, obviously, our memorial to Chris. Yeah, a minute or two. Last week, and um, anyway, we're back, and we will hopefully be back every week now. Yep. I think we're changing to Tuesday instead of Monday. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, we've got Ace back with us now. This familiar voice. Yes. Hello, everybody. He actually was kind of behind the scenes helping us do some editing and production all along, But um, and I hope everyone listening, if you don't realize we lost... We lost Chris, our co-host, who was wonderful enough to step in after Ace had to leave us, which we will talk about next week, why that happened. Um, But Chris was a huge part of this program. And we eventually will have some others in to talk about him and who he was. But he died in the line of duty, in case you don't know. And... um, Chris had quite a story here at Under the Shield. He was one of our stress coaches and just a huge part of the program, helped a lot of people. And I hope if you didn't listen to his rerun of his podcast um, from whenever it first aired, that you will go back and listen to it. We re-aired it last week um, because he has quite a story to tell. And I'm sure we'll be talking about him throughout the year because he was just such a big part of things here. So anyway, what you got on your mind today, Ace? Oh, I'm just glad to be back finally. And I've been so sick of sitting over here with this stupid (laughs) recorder, watching everybody have good conversations and not having a mic to myself. But as uh, everybody might have gathered from my uh, social media accounts, the appeal is done. 
Um, I have, uh, we'll go over the details of that on our next episode on the first, but why don't you give them an overview? Sure. So in, in essence, right. I was terminated, uh, solely for this podcast, for my participation in the podcast. Um, because it was a determination that this, uh, discredited the department because we, we talk about some difficult subjects here and we talk about problems and we talk about solutions. And uh, they wanted to focus on problems, and they felt like I was just uh, complaining or tearing down the department. So I was terminated with no prior discipline. It was a it was a fun situation. But we're going to talk about next week on <laughs> how that happened, first of all, and why I was not able to get my job back. Because in a normal department, you have due process and rights, and you know this is America. But I did not work for the country of America. I worked for a reservation. <laughs> And we will talk about the uh, the difficulties and challenges, especially legally when it comes to your due process and your yep. rights that you do not have um, as far as working for a uh, or an Indian reservation, right? Uh, this one in particular, I, I can't say that they're all exactly the same. I have heard similarities, but I can't speak for all those. I'm just going to speak for mine, and we're going to be candid about it, and we're going to have my uh, lawyer who handled my appeal on the show with me. It's going to be an interesting one, and, and I think my heartburn beside the fact, obviously, that you were terminated for being <laughs> on a podcast that I own, that I run, that they never talked to me about, um, is a comment that someone made at the top of your former food chain mm. that we were being detrimental to law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. And that if there's going to be payback for that, because <laughs> I'm sorry, but... A woman I scorned, have, man. Well, I've donated over 30 years of my life to this industry and made major sacrifices financially, personally, everything professionally. And you can say I'm a bitch. You can say I'm fat and ugly. You can say a lot of things about me, but don't ever accuse me of being detrimental to law enforcement because I think there are quite a few officers and families out there who will jump to that defense. Well, I think like we'll... We'll talk about in, in legal detail next week. I mean, we can we can get into a little bit of it here, right? So I think a lot of it was from the beginning. We've talked about it on episodes sure. where I've talked about my relationship with leadership and how at first being a headstrong officer and just a headstrong person, really. Right. I'm, I'm loud and bombastic. I want to address problems. And there's nothing wrong with that when you have strong leaders who want to make a department better and, and are willing to have the conversation. Yeah, and fair enough. And I think my mistake was, like we've talked about, me dying on every hill. Yeah. Not that each one of those fights doesn't need to be had. Right. It's just it didn't need to be had every time by me, right? Because like we talked about, I devalued my opinion. Right. But the, the <laughs> looking back, I feel that whatever the circumstance is at that, at that department, I spent four, a little over four years of my life there. And I got to know a lot of the different systems. I mean, and we I, will name this department, by the way. Don't think oh, yeah. we're going to continue to be. Oh, no doubt. I'll do it right an, now. Salt anonymous. River Police Department. There you go. Salt River Police Department. Arizona. Salt yep. River, Arizona Police we're, Department. That is the Pima, Maricopa, yeah. Pima. Yeah, I got you. Salt River, Pima, Maricopa, Indian Community. Pima, Maricopa. Okay. S-R-P-M-I-C, right? Yeah. So this community I, I worked there for four years I was on the SWAT team within two years I top arresting officer for two of those years and by the way are you going to give us all their secret squirrel shit <laughs> for their tactical maneuvers and stuff because no. they're such a tactical yeah 
So that was one of their concerns. Or, well, not one of their concerns. One of one of the lieutenants who was investigating. And one of his concerns was that I was just going to come on here and talk tactics and Give sell out the team. Give all their secrets up. Put us all at risk, which obviously is foolish. I wouldn't even do that now. I'm not going to put my teammates at risk. Well, like you can't Google 99% of it. Give me a break. It well, is, that's fair. I mean, you can find the Navy SEALs. <laughs> tactical stuff too so give me a freaking break so I, I think a lot of it was excuses to and it, especially when you look at it hindsight after everything happened I think it, a lot of it was this kid's loud mm -hmm. he is poking the bear and we need to get rid of him whatever excuse we can use let's do it and he so, probably knows some secrets and stuff they didn't want you to tell about their agency and how it runs and the <laughs> things they do and the shit they pull yeah so, yeah, yes, I will cuss a lot today because no, I'm pretty no hungry. <laughs> well, I'm just angry. I'm angry about a lot of stuff right now. But, yep. and, and my part, and I, what I want to encourage today, and I want to encourage, because, again, you did not listen to me. I did not. I did not. Let's, let's talk late. about it. Let's it, talk about yes, it. Yes, and anyone listening out there, I don't care who you work for, if they tell you you cannot be a part of an association Yeah. Because those states that have unions, everybody's a member, mm -hmm. but in areas like Arizona, where it's a right-to-work state, they have associations, yep. and the one that Ace could have joined, <laughs> and he should have joined, and I told him numerous times to join, and he joined too late. Let's make sure we get that in there. Seven days too late. Seven days too late is AZ Cops, and yep. they will take... Any law enforcement officers, my understanding, and in Arizona, yeah. Steve, the attorney, will be on, and he's one of the attorneys for them. Um, but you can join them. You can join FOP. I don't care who you join, but join somebody. Yeah, I think also with as cops uh, or AZ cops, um, they 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 have like a register, so mm -hmm. they need a representative from as cops working for your department. So, like for instance, oh, I didn't know that. My, see, and I didn't know that either at first. My department, there's actually an officer. I'm not going to name him because I don't want to put it. Well, shame on him for not but, making this well known. Well, and, and who knows why? I don't know. I mean, but looking back now, that department is dangerous. You you don't get to speak. There is no freedom of speech there, um, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about next week. But yep. the you need a representative. So somebody needs to sign up for ASCOPS from your department and become a rep for them, right? So, like for instance. I can sign up now as a Salt River cop and I can talk to this rep and he, he represents my department with ASCOPs. I'm doing air quotes for those of you that can't see me because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> he, he represents our, our department, uh, something like that. Now, now, Steve, the lawyer, when he's on next week, he'll talk about that in a little more detail so that you guys can actually get the protections that you need because um, I am not a representative for them. But, but if actually, there wasn't somebody, you could have signed up and become that person. I believe so. I mean, because somebody got to sign up first, right? I believe so. So, yeah. if, so don't don't back away just because you work for an agency that may not have somebody. Find out how to become that person. Yeah, I just think if you're the first one, I think it's a little more of a process. You just okay. got to work with Jim Parks, the guy, in, and he's uh, awesome. He is, and they are. He's been great. I, I've taught for this group, and they are very large. I've forgotten now what their numbers are total in Arizona, but I know that. Chandler's Sergeant Lieutenant's mm -hmm. Association, CLASA, that we had Tom Love, Sergeant yeah, yeah. Tom Love, Love Joyon. Um, they are a member of um, AZ Cops, and I know that Scottsdale is a member of AZ Cops. So they're, they're not just these little unknowns yeah. like Salt River yeah. um, that have them as their representatives. Yeah, and let me tell you, like I'm, I'm not a complete idiot. 
right? Like I'm, I'm a little foolhardy. I, I kind of rush into stuff, but. And then the stuff he should rush into, <laughs> he doesn't. And I will never let him hear the end of that. So <laughs> y'all will hear it. But I am, but I am well-read and articulate. And even so, this process with the policies and with everything else, HR, there's, there's a 1300 page department policy. And then one almost equally as big for HR with my department and to navigate that and to know how the process works, to know that my due process rights were being completely ignored. I had no idea. I was so stressed from the beginning. It, it jumped from zero to 60 in one conversation. And then it turned into, give me your gun and your badge. You're on leave until we decide what to do with you. And then in two weeks on my wife's birthday, they called me in same day and said, you're terminated no punishment and i was like whoa so i had no time to educate myself on the system of due process and all mm -mm. this at, at that point right i should have ahead well, of time. And, the, and here and let's let's address the problem because too many cops just walk away it's true how many did y'all lose in a very short period of time yeah i think it was i think i was number 24 who got fed up over what period of time though in a year yeah and we're not talking about a Phoenix with no, thousands of officers. This is with 150 officers, a department. So it's a huge and you lose percentage. that many in a very short period of time. Yeah. And it's just comical to me that the chief thinks that it's somehow a feather in his cap, so to speak. That, yeah, that was, I could have said more. But anyway, um, that no officers ever left. Mm -hmm. to go to another agency no they just run them off the of the profession completely yeah there were oh man i can't i don't want to give an inaccurate number i think it was eight or ten officers that left for this uh, mortgage sales company yes. right? they, they became um, mlos or whatever so we didn't just chase them off to another agency we we pushed them out of the industry yeah that so desperately needs people yeah we just completely blacklisted a yeah. that they ever be a cop this, again so when when all these officers were leaving it was in like a three-month period it was crazy we were oh, losing yeah. people I left remember. and right they were coming in here yeah they were putting in two-week notices they were done man they were running for the hills and we were the morale was not great right at the department as you might imagine if there's a bunch of people leaving for an entirely different career field yep um and so we we brought it up and there was there was a briefing where we talked about morale was low and this lieutenant, actually the one who investigated me uh, for this, we were telling him, hey, man, morale is low. We want to we try and fix this and help officers be in a better place because we're, we're, we're losing all our friends, man. Like sure. We're losing everyone, um, and we need to fix this. And he looked us all in the face and said, there is no morale problem. That's bullshit. We're like, you can't tell the guys that are telling you their morale's low that morale's not low. Like, that well, is, that's what they think they can. That, that. is the... That is, and I'm no psychologist, but that is the clearest case of denial I've ever seen in my whole life. And that's what they spend a lot of their lives doing. That's how they get bars and stars and stripes a that, lot of times. That was, yeah, that was, that was rough to see. It was, we couldn't believe it. Like we were awestruck. Like, well, and afterwards we're all talking to each other. Like, did he just tell us that our morale isn't low? Like maybe I'm wrong. Well, what about the sergeant we had on? From, which, which one? From your agency talking about, um, and I don't know if we're using his name now that he has left, but he... He left. Oh, the good sergeant. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. good sergeant yeah. that came in and talked about your brand and how important. And he, he was somebody, if I could clone him and drop him around the country. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We would drop him around the country and solve a lot of the world's problems in yeah. law enforcement. And he even had a long conversation with them yeah. when yeah. he left. Yes, he did. And they didn't want to hear that either. No. And, you know, you it's, just can't make changes if you're it's in the improvements. Quo. Well, and he told me, and this, he called me and he actually apologized after the fact after I got terminated and he was like, I'm sorry, man, I should have told you. And I was like, what? And he said, 
That's why I left. They were going to come after me too because he was loud and he talked and he faced problems and he liked to point out things that were wrong to try and fix it. I never in my mind, like and just so everybody's clear, I don't work for another agency right now. No. I'm, I'm done with local law enforcement for a number of reasons, uh, one of which is not of my choice. Right. Um, I, I applied to other ones. I was turned down because of a termination because it, it Even was, though the termination was based solely on... Yeah. And actually it comes down to, as we'll talk about next week, one sentence. Yeah. And, and, and AZ Post wants nothing to do with the investigation. They're fine. I'm not oh, getting, they are? Yeah, okay. I'm not Good getting, ahead, I'm not getting anything pulled. Nothing Good. like that. So my... My certification's still good, but nobody wants to touch me because it's so political right now. Uh, at least I think you I, ought to apply back with them just for fun. <laughs> well, they need the bodies. Maybe they'll take me. I, th- I just think you put one in just, just to see what happens. I mean, what's the worst they're going to do? I know, right? So Actually, the worst I could do is so hire you back. I, I don't work for any other agencies. I'm not I'm not in trouble or for anything else. I'm, I'm no. good. I'm good. I got another job. I'm fine. You wouldn't be on this podcast. My, my kids are eating food. Um, but this, this, was, this was crazy with all the things that I learned having all this, like I thought getting into law enforcement, like when they sat me down in the Academy day one and they went around and they asked everybody, like I was the last one in the room, right? Last mm-hmm. name starts with a W. So I'm the last guy in the room to go and they go through everybody and they're like, why do you want to be a cop? And they're like, I want to help people. And like they got to me and I was like, dude, I want to drive fast, kick down doors and chase bad guys. Right. Like I've always been straightforward. That's what I want to do. That's I'm what surprised I surprised you didn't get terminated out of the Academy. I, I know. Right? Well, and this was the honest. funny thing was the, uh, the assistant, is it the assistant sheriff? What, what's the the guy under the sheriff in the county? Um, it's some places the chief deputy, some it's an under sheriff. I think it was the chief deputy or something. Okay. It was Maricopa County, and he was like, "Thank you, somebody's finally honest." And I was like, "That's how I feel like all of us are." Because when we all sit in the lunchroom and we talk about the things that we love about this job, sure, it's that stuff. It's like, look, we don't get me wrong. We there's pride to be taken in when we save somebody's life. That's that's a sacred thing. But again, you're kicking down doors and driving fast, not just because you have a badge and blue lights and you can do it randomly. No. You're doing it because something bad is happening to somebody and, usually. Yeah. And you want to help people. Well, and this and this is the way I see it, right? Like we everybody, in my opinion, has skills that they develop over their life or that they're just kind of gifted from sure. God. I mean, in some cases. There are things that some of us are willing to do or capable of doing or unafraid of doing that others are not. Right. I, I feel like this job suited me. I feel like I I am not scared to go run and kick down doors and chase bad guys and deal with the dangerous people in society. Sure. And it's like, well, if if God gave me the ability to enjoy that and not mm-hmm. be fearful of that and to just go and do, then for God's sake, that's what I'm going to go do. Sure. And so I, I don't I don't feel guilty for feeling like that's my drive in that. Like, it, not that, at all. That's, that's how I'm that's how I'm giving back to society. Well, that's, you have to have the ability to do that. It's like I tell people when all this kick came up about we got to get away from warrior and all that crap. And I go, <laughs> why do we have to get away from the word warrior? You know, we want to be we want you to be peacekeepers and guardians. Well, here's the difference. A warrior can be a peacekeeper or a guardian. But a peacekeeper or a guardian is not always a warrior. Yeah. And you got to be able to do both. Yeah. And when I see kids in academy classes, and I taught one a few years ago, and he just happened to have been hired by the department where I live. And in the first week of the academy, he told me he would love to be Sheriff Taylor in Mayberry and not even have to carry a gun. And I'm looking at the RTOs in the back of the room. This one's got to go. And I don't think he lasted three weeks because yeah. my attitude was, don't come to my house if crime's happening. 
I'll handle it myself before I'm going to let you walk in here and try to be a social worker. Yeah, and, and I've I've learned a lot on that because I started on one end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. right? And I, I was like, yeah, dude, warrior mentality, for sure, 100%. Every, every problem needs to be beat up and killed, right? But that's really not the and, warrior and, mentality. And it's, and it's not, and I was wrong. And right. that sergeant that we had in here, he's the one who changed my mind. Yes. Because what I realized was is that we have guys on one end who are just like, they, they become a cop and they think that they're a soldier. And and look, I get it. It's paramilitary, even though that's like a scary phrase to use now for the politicians who are in charge of these Freak things. Freak out. Right. But it's just true. They use it as legal terms when we talk about police departments. It's a paramilitary organization, technically mm-hmm. speaking. You can't get away from that even if you want to politicize it away. Sure. It's a paramilitary organization, but it's it's not war. We're not just out there killing bad guys, which there's... There's good use for. I'm not. I have nothing wrong with that. I love those men and women. They make me. Yeah, but let me say this too, though, because I don't want to portray them as that either. Because Dave Grossman um, has a great picture he shows in his trainings, and I think I'm pretty sure it's a Marine, and it shows a little boy hiding behind this Marine as they're walking through the streets of some city where you can tell there's obviously been bad stuff happening. Yeah. And he was being a guardian at that point. Yeah. And so, you know, even with our, and, and my son's a Marine and he was a grunt, 0311. And again, it, it isn't even with them just about going over and shooting and blowing stuff up and killing people. There are times that they're also over there rebuilding bridges and, and rebuilding schools and roads yeah. and protecting like this little boy. He's no, he's no fool. Right. He knew who to get behind. And this, he and he this knew is, true cover when he saw it. That was a Marine with whatever equipment and gear he was carrying. And this is my point, is that the the good ones, the ones who have figured it out, is they found the balance. Absolutely. We've talked about this a million times, balance and all these things, right? Work and family. Yep. Sleep and, and being awake and active and being productive. All, all, we talk about balance and everything, and this is no different. Nope. In being the guy who can go and run and kick down doors and the guy who can slow it down and talk to people and the same thing that we talked about in our very first episode where there were officers that are Mr. Friendly. Sure. Uh, this is one of the phrases that was quoted in my appeal for all of you that are fascinated in the appeal process. Yeah. Um, this was one of the demeaning the comments. The kangaroo court. Yes. This is one of the demeaning comments. Are you ready? I'm going to say it again. Some officers are officer friendly and when they get on scene, they can't handle their shit. Right. They're all officer friendly. Other officers are all pumped up and they're too aggressive right and we all know these particular officers they exist right in some ways we lean one way or the other all of us do because none of us are perfectly balanced right the whole point is is that those are examples of different characteristics that we're trying to find the balance between right Mm -hmm. and usually like myself i started on one end and it was funny actually i I swung pretty hard because i was in customer service forever Mm -hmm. i had had this was job 24 as an officer, um, now I'm on job 25 and 26. I'm working not, two jobs not now. Not 24 <laughs> as an officer. No, no, no. The officer was the 24th job. Yeah, that's the 24th job, all the way back to when I was 13, running newspaper sales for the LA Times right. in West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> they would just drop me off in the middle of West Hollywood and be Good like, go plan. sell newspapers. Yeah, it was fun. Um, anyway. It's what made him a going cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like... It, it, this stuff, it takes time to develop who we are and what we're trying to balance and figure out the right way to do all this stuff. That's that's all it is. And I think and guess what? Hmm. Departments have some responsibility in that in something we call training. 
Yeah. Well, we talk about this a lot is, well, everybody does is we talk, especially officers. We, we hear people say like, oh, cops don't get enough training. It's like, for God's sake, we don't disagree with you. Right. We do not disagree. Especially in the right areas. We, we want more training because we're there. You, you guys only see what they put on the news. Yes. We work 40, 50 hours a week of seeing us not having enough training in some sure. circumstances. Right. Sure. And look, I get it. Money, time, whatever. I, I get it. The, the the people up above, they know how those numbers work. I didn't make it that high. I have no right to sit at that table and say, no, we should spend more money here because I have no idea. Right. But the fact stands, we could use more training. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it is on the department to make sure that officers are getting trained in the areas that they are lacking. And what I see happen is they get trained in the areas that politically benefit the image of the department. So like I thought getting into this, that we were all the same, right? That if you were going to be a cop and wear a badge and wear a gun, that you were of the same mindset that I was because it took, I, I thought it took a particular mindset in order to put that stuff on, swear an oath, always be on the reactionary side of evil. Right. And to have to still try and go out there and be triumphant over it. I thought that took one particular mindset. It's not. No, anybody can sign up. And as long as they make it through the academy, they'll give them a badge and a gun. Sure. I stood next to people that, and, and look, I don't care anymore, so I'm going to be straightforward with you guys. So if it hurts your feelings, get over it. Um, I went to the academy. There were 25 of us. One person didn't make it because she couldn't jump the wall. Everyone else in that academy got a badge and a gun and went to and their... And how many walls did you jump in your four years? <laughs> Just making a point here, but anyway, go ahead. One one chain link fence, yeah, and okay. I was wearing a plate carrier, and it was exactly. really hard. I hadn't seen a lot of walls <laughs> in the valley here, but okay. But I stood next to 24 other men and women who made it through the academy, and I can tell you right now, we are in no way, shape, or form the same. No. There were some people there, and I, it was at that moment that I got the first little disenchantment, right? When I was getting sworn in and I had the badge placed on me by my wife and everything it was a beautiful moment. That sure. ceremony's great. But it was right then that I realized to the smallest degree that these we are not all created the same. We do not all have the same values. We, no. They, like there were guys, the same background. there you were guys the that got the brain. badge and the gun who definitely did not work as hard as I did, but we got the same recognition and not that I'm like officer 100%. I am not. There are officers out there who kick my ass every mm -hmm. day of the week. They are better officers. All I'm saying is I tried really hard. I, I have a lot of passion for that job. Yep. Um, and you know, we'll get into what I'm going to do with my future later, but it, I really love this career field sure. and I wanted to be the best cop ever at salt river. Um, so I found out not that hard because there's a lot of mentality there that it's just like, hey, dude, kick back. Enjoy your retirement in 25 years. Like, just make it to the end. Yeah. I had a, I had this sergeant tell me when it was it, we, we talked about this sergeant. It was it was the one where I was having a lot of difficulty with leadership mm -hmm. and I was going head to head with this sergeant over and over and over again. Right. Yep. In one of our conversations afterwards, when he's having me write like the 13th memorandum for some nonsense because I went. Uh, oh, that's right. Because I, I rolled a stop sign. Um, on the way to a an active burglary with a family inside. And we didn't just execute you right there on scene? I don't I, understand. I, I think he would have had it that way. Um, but I had to write a memorandum uh, apologizing and saying that I would not do that again because I went and I was, this guy was actively breaking into a house, but I wasn't allowed to roll a stop sign at 15 miles an hour. And uh, do regard, y'all. Do regard, y'all. It's a real thing. Just have due regard. I told that sergeant to shove it. And that's not the right way to do it. But no, it's not. Anyway, afterwards... He told me, he's like, look, dude, I'm just trying to help you survive this job. I was like, I was like, I wasn't being like unsafe. He's like, no, I mean like the career. Like, I just want you to make Internal. it. I just want you to make it to 25. And I was like, that is not my goal. 
Like I didn't become a cop to get a retirement. Right. Like, that's a cool perk right. of the job. Like no doubt to have a career that's like paid time off. And like, I, I'm, I can tell you right now, I miss that a little bit. Sure. I don't have benefits right now. <laughs> I don't have paid time off. I, got I haven't had benefits in years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those, those things are great. I get it. I love, I love that we give those benefits to our officers. Mm -hmm. They should, they deserve them. hundred percent. They deserve them. Um, but that isn't why we do it. You know? no, and I if feel you, like, if you, let, let me say this. If you go into this industry for the money and the benefits, <laughs> you are not going to last because that is not that, well, that it, it, that's not going to sustain you for now, at least in Arizona, the new ones in the last, how many years have to go 25 minimum to retirement. Yeah. yeah it, that ain't going to sustain you. Yeah. 25 is a long time. It is a long time. And it's like, if, with my mentality of like, I want to be a cop, right? I didn't want a nine to five. Like I had that. I've been working since I was 13. Like I can work. And guess my... why that is? Why is that? Because you're all ADD or ADHD. Well, that's true. I keep telling you. there. I mean, there really are three characteristics of the people who stay in this. You're ADD or ADHD, which also means you're of higher IQ, which can be kind of detrimental to upper management. <laughs> you're adrenaline junkies and your caregivers. Those are your three qualities. Everything else can be very different and can look very different Yeah. based on backgrounds and perceptions and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I definitely feel like I fit those three categories. You can argue it all day long, but <laughs> I, I can push right back with it and prove where I'm right. Yeah. I, I don't. Because he sits here shaking his foot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. all over the place. Yes. I, I don't. I this is the hard part with the realization that it's it's not what I thought it was, right? Mm -hmm. Law enforcement isn't what, and I don't mean what our officers are, because officers, they they vary, like sure. hugely, right? We're human. We what what's the what's the phrase? Society is law enforcement. Law enforcement is society, mm -hmm. right? We're just people. We're just people, just like you guys Trying that aren't cops. Job. Like we're we're exactly the same as people who aren't cops we're just we fall into a different category because we all tend to have like these same characteristics like susan was just talking about yep so we're similar in that way but really we're just human we're just, we're just that's why we make mistakes that's why we need training that's what like we're just human right we, we don't go to some academy and come out like ultra trained super soldiers like that's not that's not no. what happens we go we read books for six months and we get good at some stuff and really generally we learn everything on the job sure um so it's 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 hard for me to realize that the system of being an officer, like the system that we're placed in, is not what I thought it was. It is not this. I'm just going to be candid with my own feelings then, because that's I mean that's why I'm here. I guess is to talk. Sure. I feel like when I got in, I thought this was going to be something where we fought for what was right and just all mm -hmm. the time, without sacrifice of that. Like we, justice is what we defend, right? People's safety and property. Like there were, there were principles that are laid out in the oath sure. that we swear to. And the oath, which by the way, by me speaking on a podcast, apparently I broke according to the chief of police of Salt River. So we'll get into that. But this. Yeah, oath, I love policies that violate constitutional rights, but, but that's just a minor detail. <laughs> Obviously. But this, this, this concept of like, this is what we stand for. Like I'm, I put on that badge and apparently I'm supposed to be willing to die for people's lives and property who I've never met property that I don't actually personally give a crap about. Right. But it's, it's the, it's the principle of it. Mm -hmm. Right. That was like, damn dude, I'm standing for something bigger than me. That's really cool. And that used to be right. 
a lot more. I think and, one of your biggest problems too is is that you came into policing during more of an era like that. Yeah. But the last few years, with you know, too many have become a bunch of politically correct sissies at the top. Yeah. And they're more concerned about their own well-being and their own appearances yeah. than the safety and the development of the people below them. Yeah. And that's a really sad statement. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. And that's Very that's sad. that's what was heartbreaking when all this was happening. I mean, even in the throes of the whole me getting fired thing, I mm -hmm. thought for sure when I appeal this and we lay it out like in I have recordings of the appeal so you guys can hear some of it. I'll, I'll put some oh, of it together yeah, yeah. and you guys will get the idea. Like I didn't go into this appeal with my lawyer and be like this chief and this lieutenant don't know what they're talking about. These guys are idiots. They're, they did a they, they violated my rights. That's not the fight we took. The no. fight we took was. Hey guys, this must be a huge misunderstanding yep. because clearly this is lacking context. If you guys understood what he was doing and that the podcast is a good thing and that he never identified anyone or anything, exactly. then you'll see that this was wrongful, this termination, and you'll reinstate him because that's the right thing to do. Because they actually accused us of, uh, of saying yeah. the department at one time, which is obviously very apparent on audio that... If that wasn't, I mean, that's a yes or no. That's not a, well, he might've implied it. If only all these conversations were recorded and you right. could see, oh right. wait. Um, yeah. So, th I mean, there were, there were a couple of accusations that were, that were just wrong, right? Like, so identifying the department didn't do that. Identifying officers didn't do that except for one officer who passed away. Sure. Uh, that's not confidential information. Right. Also releasing confidential information. That's a legal term. Uh, yes. We didn't violate that. But nope. according to uh, my department, I did. And, a lot, and like I said. A lot of this, I don't think they believe any of that. Oh, we know they don't <laughs> I, believe I, I any think, of that. I think but... this was the the tool or the vehicle in which they used to eliminate what they saw as a thorn in their side. Yeah, right? I agree with you 100%. And so, if you'd been at a, I'm not going to say real department. Oh, I was going to say real department. But at one that actually <laughs> has to abide by the Constitution and uh, all the other things that most Americans... Yeah, God, God forbid a law enforcement department defend or protect the rights of their officers. God oh. forbid. What? How does that make any sense? That's, that's what gets me, man, is that we can stand there and we're like, no, we want you to defend the law. Now, looking back, they didn't want us to protect laws and protect people. They wanted us to make them look good. Sure. That, that, that and certain people, yes. That department was there. Like officers that are quiet and don't go out hunting and do those things. Right. Unless it's traffic enforcement because that's very popular with the community. Yes. If you do traffic enforcement, you're a hero. Well, that brings and, money. And, and Right. And well, and, and look, God bless the guys that love traffic because sure. I don't particularly like traffic. I like traffic stops to find other things. I was really big into sure. narcotics. That's what I like finding. I do stops to find that stuff because sure. you profile vehicle types or whatever, certain types of behavior, right? And I like that, but I don't I don't like traffic violations. Like, unless you're doing 100 on the freeway and driving or like an asshole, right. I don't care. Like, if, if you didn't hit your blinker to make a right turn, I don't care. If or you, you weave slightly over the white solid line. Yeah, if you have a headlight out, places. I'm not going to pull you over for that. Right. Like, it's it, to me, I was after the criminal aspect, mm -hmm. right? Not Not civil violations, but again, God bless those guys who are, because sure. the more they do it, the less I have to focus on that, and I can do the stuff I like to do. Sure. To each their own. And there's all different colors in law enforcement. They all like different things. Well, that's and why I, they're specialties. And I love that. Yep. I love that. Traffic just wasn't for me. But yep. that was big in the community, but stuff like, 
I mean, there's a huge drug problem, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, fentanyl was insane. In one year, it, on my own produced stops, right? These were not calls for service. These were my own stops. Right. Over 2,000 fentanyl pills and seven guns, right? <laughs> Presumably dealers. I, I didn't get to go to court with all of these. A lot of them were convicted after the fact. Um, but but it, they actually did take people to court to convict them, huh? Well, because they, well, they don't go to tribal court. They were stateside,ers Ah. Right? These are people at the casino that, that are Arizona okay. citizens, so they don't I fall gotcha. under the jurisdiction. So they don't get protected. And, yeah, yes. Okay. There's no, they don't, they don't get the tribe. And that's, and if you, if you had like a picture of my career there, you'll see that I start with more tribal arrests mm -hmm. and slowly as the tribal system fails to punish these people, I we moved move on to something else. I moved to the stateside arrest because honestly it was just more satisfying. Sure. It, it was more satisfying to arrest somebody who was, you know, say an Arizona or a United States citizen, arrest them, have them go to court and watch the justice system work in the best way. That Certainly it can. better than it did in the trial. <laughs> right. Court, so let's put it that way. right. And to, to watch, you know, justice be had. Like sure. I said, that's why I wanted to be a cop. I sure. wanted to be part of that machine. I think it's cool. I think society needs it. So it was it was cool to watch it. My work be effective. Mm -hmm. It is not cool to arrest, you know, like a homicide suspect and then have him back out on the street tomorrow because like they have the same last name as certain people. And like that's right. that's that doesn't that doesn't help justice. Nope. Right. Um, so it was these little things disenchanted me along the way. Mm -hmm. And it I'm not saying every department is like this because I don't know. This is the only department that I worked for. So like mm -hmm. I said at the beginning, I'm only going to speak for my department and my experiences there. But you weren't allowed to do that. that but I can now. That was your problem. Well, they, unfortunately, they fired me, so I no longer fall under that obligation to not speak about them. And their fears of their department being known and all that stuff now. And, and, and let me say this. We will invite someone from that agency. I will actually send an email to the chief. And invite him or his representative to be on the podcast a week from tomorrow yep. where we talk about with the lawyer what happened. They're more than welcome to come right on in here and be a part of the discussion. Yeah. And if they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. And we will certainly let you know if they respond. Um, I'm not holding my breath on a response. <laughs> I would I would hope that they would. Yeah. But they will be invited. So I want everybody to know this isn't just going to be us blindsiding them. Yeah. So in, they can in, come in here. And let me kind of clarify for, for everybody that's listening is like, look, of course, I am a little burned at, mm -hmm. at my department, right? Like I'm a little upset with what happened um, personally or whatever. Honestly, I'm in a really good place right now. Like sure. I'm, I'm spending a bunch of time with my kids. I'm spending a bunch of time with my wife. I have a good job right now. I yeah. love it. I'm I'm OK. Yeah. But it's. It was the fact that I thought I was part of a particular team and a particular mm -hmm. family that I feel, and maybe they don't feel the same way. Maybe they felt like I was the problem and that I stabbed them in the back by having an opinion that was loud. You know, we, we all have our own opinions, but I really feel like I was betrayed on a particular level, right? Sure. Um, and that justice wasn't done. But I mean, I, I, I guess it, it would be hard for you guys to understand that until we talk with my lawyer next week and you guys can get a full picture of what happened because it probably just sounds like I'm whining because I got fired. Well, but here's my point. At any point, they could have told you. You never made it a secret. You were on the podcast. No, no, no. And that's the interesting part. We had lots of listeners from the department, including your professional standards, internal affairs, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And at no point were you ever told you could not be on the podcast. Yeah. And the one time that I offered to 
discontinue my involvement with the podcast, he stopped me like right as my sentence ended and said, no, 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 that's, you don't have to do that. We're not asking you to do that. Um, so that to me is where I almost kind of feel like you were set up because <laughs> right. you're right, because they were targeting to get you out any way they could get you out. It, it feels that way, right? Because they could have said, yeah. and I just want the audience to understand that was, they, they even said that that was never their intent to tell you not to be on here. Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel like I have good reason to be upset with my department. Now, what I want you guys to understand is that this conversation and especially the conversation next week, right? Th this one's a little more free form. Next week, we're going to go over step by step what happened. But mm -hmm. I am trying my best not to in any way be vindictive. What, right. I, what my goal is like, look, I get it. I'm going to be talking about Salt River and it's like, ha, I got you guys now. We're going to play with that. You, you guys know me. I, I like to joke around. I don't care if it hurts your feelings or whatever. So it, yeah, salt, sorry, Salt River, if it hurts your feelings, you can bite me. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but it, it, this is, this is not coming from a place of, of, of vindictive nature, right? No. I want, I had no idea that they were capable of just terminating me for right off the bat with no punishment. Cause that's not what their policy says. Yeah. I had no idea that during that process that they could completely ignore my due process rights and not give me copies of any reports, nothing to defend myself. I didn't even know what I was getting fired for. And you were even told this was not something leading yeah. up to termination. Right. So I was misled and then I wasn't yes. given information. And then during the process, I mean, you guys will hear next week. This is, it's crazy how the appeal went. And then like, the, the decisions that were made following the appeal. Like there is no due process. I had no idea that working for the reservation removed my first amendment and other rights and my protections, right? Protections. I, I had no idea. I had no idea. So the, the point of all this for me, just like it has always been in every podcast we've ever done, we're going to talk about an issue. Yes. This time it is my issue. Yes. It is personal to me. So you might get a little bit of that, and I'm sorry, I'm human. You get over it. But at the same time, this is educational. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about my issue. We're going to talk about what could have been done better in our opinion. Sure. Right? And again, they can come in here I and would, give their opinion. And I've said it a hundred times. I, I want them to send some. Please send somebody to educate me on why this was the path that was taken. Sure. Because there was literally no education for me. It was, hey, dude, give me your gun and your badge. Go away for two weeks. And then two weeks later, it was, hey, dude, you're terminated. I was like, whoa. And so, then we got the kangaroo court where yeah. I got sworn in <laughs> with my hand on my phone. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm admonished and told me as a private citizen in this can't talk about the hearing. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. apparently we're not allowed to talk about the hearing according to the tribe. So um, but, yeah, okay. I, signed, I signed no paper. Uh, well, I, they got no jurisdiction over me. I don't live yeah. on a reservation or anything else. Well, so good luck. Yeah, that was and that was like an HR rep. It wasn't even like right. A, a legal yeah, like I said, it was kangaroo court. Yeah. So this is this is for education, right? I want for me. If you want to work for, let's just say this exact department, I have zero problem with you wanting to work for them. All I want for you from this conversation and from next week's conversation is to leave the conversation feeling educated. Yes. On the totality of your circumstance as an officer at one of those departments, right? What your risks are. Because your situation is different. I don't think anybody should get into this job regardless of the department without understanding your protections and your risks. That's, I mean, for them to put, I mean, think about it. If they were to just put you in a uniform and kick you out onto the street, no badge, no gun. And they were like, here, go, go enforce stuff. Or and a badge and gun and no idea of 
right. what you're doing to violate other people's rights right. that you can go to jail for. And we don't do that, right? We educate people. Right. We, we try to give them the tools that are necessary to do their job. And we try to tell them before they get in, hey, these are the risks, dude. You wear body armor and you carry a gun. You yep. could die. Sure. Like, right? And all too often, we see that happen. So it's, I think it is absolutely prudent for me to talk about my experience because I spent a lot of money on it. Because like we said, I wasn't yes. with ASCOPs, so I had to pay for my own lawyer. Um, to go through this kangaroo court and it was it i paid a lot of money for this education that mm -hmm. i'm about to share with you over the next two days or the yep. next two episodes so i'm going to share it <clears throat> in totality so yep. and i have nothing to hide i will I, seriously from any point in the entire investigation i will answer any question that anybody has sure i will provide paperwork i'm i'm 100 transparent i really feel like although I was, uh, my misstep was that I was unaware of their particular uh, perspective. I really feel like I didn't do anything that deserved termination. No. And I'm willing to stand by that 100%. Well, we know of other things that have been done at that department. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that people were not terminated for. Yeah. And, and we're talking about stuff that's almost to the point of probably criminal. Oh, for sure. And, and and I also want to say there are a lot of good people at Salt River Police Department in that Under the Shield has donated thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. worth of time to help officers at Salt River just over the last probably six years. Yeah, probably more in this last because year. Because their agency would not pay for any training, would not pay for anything that we do. Yeah. But they had no, and I and I know they know I was seeing people because that was not really a secret. Pretty sure you met the chief, didn't you? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, definitely at my hearing. You yes. <laughs> and again, and I know that there were people who did tell people that they were seeing me because that's how more came to see me. Yeah. And so this little nonprofit here that's donating thousands and thousands and thousands of, of hours and dollars to really good officers at Salt River Police Department. For sure. I wouldn't have done that if this was a gang of, of thieves and criminals and crooks. Right. And there was it was something that we said often, right, mm -hmm. among me and a lot of my friends there at the department. And I still have many friends at that sure. department. I, sure. It's, it's like one of my friends said, you don't miss the circus, but you miss the clowns. I definitely miss you clowns. Yep. I love you guys. Yep. And I miss that. I miss the brotherhood. Um, but this... These good officers, they, they go to Salt River, in my experience and in the experience of other officers who have mentioned it, they are outstandingly good yes. at crushing that go-get spirit in a good officer. Yep. They will. I, there were officers when I started there that were so sour, so sour. And I was like, what is wrong? Like, dude, this is the greatest job in the world. Like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, I literally get to drive all over the place, like... In, chasing down bad guys and doing cool things like don't get me wrong if you had rights the res isn't a bad place to work like there we get to do some fun stuff and there's a lot of freedom as far as your time because there's not a high volume of calls for service just don't open your mouth you'll so, be fine you're right yeah just literally be silent and mm -hmm. don't ever do have an, don't have an opinion that differs um but it's it like the freedom that you have the time freedom that you have on your shift is awesome so you if if that were something that were encouraged that is a really cool part of working And they there. pay really well. Yeah, they, yes, they do. And I was like, what is wrong with these officers that they're so sour? And I made really good friends with some of those officers who are now gone from the department. And trying to pick their brain, it was like, dude, like, 
you don't need to be so bitter about the department. Like, just go do your job. Like, it'll be fine. Like, you don't need to be so mad about like admin and stuff. Like, I know this sounds like a total 180 for me. That's because it is. Yes. Because I started in a place where I was like totally naive and thinking that admin were just me. They just been on the road for 10, 15 years and they Earned made it those up. stripes yeah, and, and bars and, and, and now stars. they're now they're in charge of us because they've experienced a bunch of cool stuff and now they're they're good leaders. I was completely blind to the fact that that's not how it worked. It was naive. Right. Sure. It was, it was naive. I, that's, that's how I thought well, it was going to tell you that in the beginning. Well, in even now, nobody says it out loud. No, but, I mean, I don't know what the chief's background is. Did he really work his way all the way up and through or I, I've heard stories. He was a good officer, Okay, I, but I have no, I wasn't there. Well, I mean, a lot of times they do forget where they came from. He's, he's been a cop for man. I think over 30 years, he's been a cop for a long time. So, so who, who knows? I mean, I don't know what the truth is, but I heard that he was actually a, a go-getter. Um, but he, like, I thought it was a certain way and it wasn't. And that over time I became one of those sour officers. And we've talked about that where mm -hmm. I lost my way and I was angry and I was bitter all the time. I became the bump in the road instead of a puller Brock. If you're listening, then you know what that means. And I, I lost my way with my positivity. Right. And then I met you and I was able to turn it around and still be positive and love my job and work through the hoops that sure. I was, that I was starting to find. Right. But I think they'd already put your, the target on your back at that point. For sure. Cause I didn't do that quietly. Right. Um, I, I, yeah, I definitely didn't make friends. Um, and it was, that was, that was the hard part for me was seeing that how one comment from, it's not like I was some lazy piece of crap, right? No. Like I, I, I think you'd have been, I think you'd have been safe if you had been. I, I agree, sadly. Um, I, I met every metric they ever put out and exceeded it. I got more rest than officers who were meeting those metrics. Sure. And again, I am not officer 100%. I am not. I, there are things that I suck at. There are things that I don't like. Accidents and traffic, for instance. Sure. <laughs> I don't, sure. I don't particularly enjoy it. But there, like, there are things that I was good at. And I loved my job and I worked really hard. That was something I really liked to do. So it was it was weird to see how somebody with a work ethic mm -hmm. and somebody who put in good work and good reports. And again, I'm talking about myself, so maybe I'm just, I have a conceited opinion. You can get an opinion from somebody else if you like. But to see how me just having an opinion that differed from a command staff member mm -hmm. was so detrimental, so detrimental. Like I, so for instance, well, how dare you question somebody? Yeah. So there, there was a, here's a fun one, right? So, and you guys can learn from my experience, just when to keep your mouth shut, right? So use me as an example. Um, there was, we were in a briefing and there was a commander in there who is, or was, he's, <laughs> yeah, that's complicated. Um, we, oh, that might be a whole nother episode, to be <laughs> honest with you, because that's going to be kind of funny. There's a, there's a really good story, but I think it's an open investigation, so we'll leave that alone. Yes. Um, but at the, at the time, he was over... Uh, the SWAT team and also over the traffic unit, right? Interesting combination because usually those are two very different types yeah, of officer, right? Um, but he was over both um, and he was above uh, field operations division as well. So he's kind of over all of the officers and he was in our briefing and he's wearing his SWAT uniform. Uh, I don't know why it wasn't SWAT training that day. I was on the SWAT team at the time. And he just liked the way it looked, I guess. Maybe, yeah. Green's a dope color. Gave him gave him some level of confidence. I, I don't know. I know I immediately get a six pack when I put on my SWAT uniform. So anyway, maybe he does too. I'm probably sure. probably not. I don't know the last time he did a sure. sit up. But we uh we're sitting in briefing, we're all joking around, and I like I did not think it was bizarre that different departments or divisions 
make jokes about other divisions, right? I thought that was completely normal and free game, right? Sure. So this commander, I don't, I did not think he was serious, but he was like, what do you guys think about combining the ranger unit and a traffic unit? Like having like a ranger traffic unit. What's a ranger? The ra- the, they do like the, the mountains and like the, the horses and the oh. river and all that stuff. Y'all they, have that? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Was, Didn't even know y'all had that. Yeah, that was where I wanted to spend my last five years. Freaking maybe sweet. this is that super secret squirrel shit we're not supposed to be talking about. <laughs> I don't know. No, they are not secret squirrel. That is that is a super relaxed gig. I love that gig. That's that's mm. cool. But it, it just wasn't. Ride horses, shoot people. Okay. <laughs> um, people who could do that. Um, but it was, it, it was funny because we always, on the road, like the patrol officers, common joke is that the rangers have a chill job and that the traffic unit doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we'll go take a traffic. We'll take like an accident and be like, where's the traffic unit? Right. We're, we're, we mess around about it. Right. I'm sure some officers actually get mad, but they, they're doing their own thing. But the joke is, is that those two units are not that busy. They don't do a whole lot. Right. So I made the joke to this commander. Oh, yeah. Combine two units that don't do anything. That'd be fascinating. Right. And he was stone cold. Like his face went totally straight. And he said, the traffic unit is our most effective unit in the department. Don't say that. And I was like, "Woo, sorry." Just it was. Just. Well, some people have no sense of humor, and this is an industry. You need a sense of humor at some level. Yeah. So I was just like, "Hey, I'm sorry." I was just joking. I'm sorry. And he goes, "That's not funny. It's not a joke." And I was like, "Okay, I apologize." And I was in the middle of applying for FTO, right? I had taken the test and whatever. I passed. I was good to go. It was just a matter of getting approved for the position, right? Right. And in that conversation that night. So I was told by the sergeant over the FTO program that he was told by commander that I had a bad attitude and that I should not be an FTO because, because it would, you made a joke. Yes. So and and this was before I was I was sour and salty, guys. This it really was. <laughs> I promise. So it was it was crazy to see how that went so far, and how my credentials meant nothing, right? So it it was there was a lot of little moments along the way that disenchanted me to what. <laughs> what this industry is and how it works and how you navigate your way through it. And unfortunately for me, I made enough of those um, mistakes where I made those discoveries that it, it was, it, it terminated my involvement in law enforcement. Right. Cause like I can tell you well, right now, I've well, applied locally. at that level, right at that level, but I've applied locally. I've been turned down because it says termination on my paperwork now. Um, and it doesn't matter why in right. some in some of these departments, right? And other departments I won't work for because they again don't have the they trade their rights for pay, um, and I'm not doing that again. I'm sure. not doing that again. If I'm going to work somewhere, I've been educated now. So if I'm going to work somewhere, I'm going to work somewhere with proper protections. That their main goal is the defense of liberties <laughs> and protecting people's rights. Like that's I have a lot of passion in that. Especially after all this, I see how important they are. Sure. Um, and how without those, you don't have anything. Right. So it's 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 been a, kind of bizarre, but like I've actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like I've learned so much and I'm in a good place now to where I look back and I was like, man, that was crazy. But I'm glad I did it. I'm glad sure. I went through everything there. I, I do not regret standing up for myself, spending the money on a lawyer, fighting this and learning what I've learned. Like right. I don't regret any of it. I'm, I feel like what do you call it a god thing yeah it's a god thing like my involvement in the podcast and meeting chris and talking about these things and meeting you guys like on the internet and whatever else like having these awesome conversations and educating myself and expanding what i understand about law enforcement that was all meant to be man i well, I'm, and i'd like to thank the chief and those at salt river for doing that because of the fact that it gave 
us a chance to have Chris as a co-host for a while. 100%, yeah. And he, he, like I said, he made a lot of difference in a lot of people's lives. And that probably would not have happened other than him being a guest on that one time. I'm sure we'd had him multiple times. But, um, you know, they kind of did us all a favor in, in one aspect. And it's, yeah, and it's just looking at the positive of it all. It, it so far outweighs the negative. Like me losing my job. And going through what I did with Salt River, like, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm good, man. It's Absolutely. Not, it's, it's not a big deal because I'm in a good place and I have a better relationship with my family now. I'm spending more time at home and I have different priorities. I feel like I've been able to shift my priorities because mm-hmm. when you're when you're in law enforcement, it takes, it should. I think it it's sh- a lifestyle. You're no longer part of a lifestyle. Yeah. I, th- I think it, I think it demands a certain percentage of you, Does. right? Your Absolutely. mind, your body, your soul, everything. Because it takes a certain level of dedication to be a damn good officer. Absolutely. Uh, it takes a lot of work and training on your own time and money and whatever, right? It takes a lot of you. Me being a server at a restaurant does not take a lot of me. And you know mm-hmm. what? It, at the end of the night, we all like high five and be like, hey, good job. Because it's a very small restaurant. We're like, hey, good job, guys. See you tomorrow. Thanks for everything you do. Like, it is it is more reciprocal. Like, they, they I feel more loved at that restaurant. Well, you don't have to worry about who's following you home because you didn't serve them tea fast <laughs> enough or something. And yeah. who's going to go after your family for this stuff and yeah, ain't that whatever. Truth. And, you know, I think it's a good break for you. I think I don't see you doing that for the rest of your life. Yeah, I don't think so. But I think it's a good break for you from where you've been. And, and I want to make it clear, I don't really care what Salt River has said about me <laughs> because... Most of you out there listening are going salt what and where is that and that was, who really cares and why is this even an issue? And that was the big thing was when I would say, so this is what got me guys is I was saying, I said my department, right? So I indirectly, this is their, their version. I indirectly identified the department, right? So I would With li- my department. I would like. My small department actually, let's uh, be. Yes. And that narrows it down to, we need to do the research and find out how many small departments there are in this country or heck even just in Arizona I would like every one of you I don't care where you're from every one of you who knew that I worked for Salt River Police Department as an objective listener somebody who is not a Salt River officer who already knew me an objective listener if you knew that I was talking about Salt River please message me and let me know I would love to know if I made a misstep there so because if we did we went back and listened (laughs) and we didn't hear it and maybe you picked it up because you're intelligent by osmosis or I don't know something, but <laughs> you know, the reality is, is that it, this is probably in my 30 years around law enforcement, this has to be one of the absolute most ridiculous things I yeah. have ever seen. I, I would have respected more if they'd just come out and said, you know what? We don't like you. We don't like your mouth. We don't like you always combating everything, got to argue everything. I'd have at least said, well, at least you're being honest. Yeah. But to use a process, again, a kangaroo court like they had. And and again, I was a litigation paralegal 15 years, and I've seen some really stupid hearings. But this one was just almost it. You know, it this would make a real good 30 minute sitcom. (laughs) It really would. Yeah. Because we're all on. Um, Zoom and they're in a in a room that they can all be in a room but we can't all be in a room and and you're going whatever and I know the whole time I was talking the chief was shaking his head sitting in his office and and right. I'm thinking what what are we doing here very bitter it was just it, it was just like I said it would make a great sitcom yeah yeah it was it was entertaining to say the least that hearing it uh like I didn't really have a whole lot of hope that it was going to go in my favor because I already saw how things were going. Oh. 
when we saw the hearing was going, good Lord, that again, we couldn't even be in the same room, but they could all be in the same room. Yes. Well, (laughs) Steve, I don't know if he wants me to name him. I'm sure he doesn't care, but I'll let it Quite a few Steves. But, uh, but yeah, Steve, my lawyer, we'll let him kind of enumerate the uh, the issues that were, that were there because he, he has a better grasp. Well, I mean, better than me, maybe not of you. You understand the law better. Well, but he, I think he had to learn a lot about the process. Oh, this was eye opening for him. That's why he wants to talk about it. Yes. Because there were a lot of things we thought that we'd be able to, because my rights were violated on a number of levels, um, that we would be able to fight this in federal court. Yes. And the, the thing that he and I both learned, unfortunately, along the way, uh, after time and money had been invested is that you cannot this has to be fought in a tribal court because of the indian civil rights act well you have to have habeas corpus to get it to federal yeah that's that's the one civil violation that your rights violation that they will fight in federal court so your mistake was not letting them arrest you and take you yeah i should i should have done something for them to wrongfully imprison me which Um, then would have negated the argument for you to go be brought back to work as a cop because you couldn't (laughs) Yeah, it makes perfect okay. sense, everybody. Once you hear this next week, yeah, it's it's a party. But really, the, today's episode, what we've all been talking about. I mean, it, we're an hour in, so I'm not gonna. You guys already know if you've been listening, but it's like we just wanted to get back on the air, yep. talk with you guys again, give you a little update on what's happening, and uh, get you ready for next week. And then uh, just kind of wanted to mention Chris a little bit. He's please keep his family. He has parents. He has a brother and sister. He has three children. And a granddaughter that yeah. are suffering greatly. All of us are. Yeah. And he, we will talk more about him. Chris, I do have to say, and I don't know if you even heard this, Ace, but Chris was the most decorated officer at, in the history of Chandler Police Department. Yeah. And I can tell you, if you've listened to his podcast, um, when he was on with us as a guest talking about his dark place, what he did, how he handled it, and where he came through in six years, uh, I don't think there's anybody at Chandler that would argue with me in saying that he was the most respected officer because of where he had been. He got demoted. He came through it. He helped people. He had just made canine. He'd had his dog less than a month. He was living his best life, and it shows, you know, don't take a minute for granted. He had bought his house. He truly was in the best place I'd ever seen him, and he died, and and it was by no fault of his own. There's always rumors that go around about anything that ever happens, but Chris was there doing his job, and this piece of shit was going to kill a cop that day, and there was no question about it, and Chris did everything that he could doing his job, and he... Unfortunately, this was his time, and I'm just sorry he went the way that he did. But then again, um, that's kind of what officers do. Yeah. You know, that's in his funeral. If none of you saw it, we do have it on our Facebook page at Under the Shield. But it was um, a packed house. Yeah, I think it did him honor. I, I, I think well, it, I tried. It was right. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, and it was. There's. I've I've said it a number of times to people that I know who who knew of him or mm-hmm. um, even talking to my wife last night because we were talking about coming on today and we the topic of Chris came up, of course. Sure. It was just related so closely. 
And the one thing that I keep telling people that I, I keep spinning in my head about Chris, right? I did not know him as well as you did. Mm -hmm. I met him when he first came on to do the episode and then we got to know each other more over the last six months or so. Sure. And the one thing that I can say, even before I went to the funeral and heard all the stories mm -hmm. of the kind of man that he was, he did what I want to do. He, he took his little circle and he made that circle a better place. If you, if you crossed his path, Oh yeah. It, your life was better for that moment. And when you left, you could tell the difference. I could. Oh, the stories that have come out in the people and the lives he saved. And, and it was interesting because as his family was going through his things, none of us knew. And he did say it on the podcast, but it's, it went right over my head and everybody else's was that he had received the medal of honor. Yeah. Chris was a humble person. He had four Lifesaver Awards and that. And he it was not something he talked about. No, man. He he was like a he was just like a relaxed goofball, man. He, he was, was. He was a dork. Yeah. I mean, we've all said that about him. He was a practical joker. And um, you know, I have to tell the story that he was here Wednesday. He died late Thursday night, early Friday morning, and he was here Wednesday with a client that we had come up a couple that we had both worked with and they wanted us more just to sit and talk to us because life's good for them. Mm -hmm. And um, Chris would get up and wander just like he would do during the podcast. He'd wander out of the, out of the office, which is in my home and he would hide my stuff. Yeah. And then he and, would blame me. And then he'd blame Ace. <laughs> and you know, when I'd say something about he's hiding my stuff, he'd do his usual form, shrug his shoulders. She got no proof is all he'd ever say. Yep. How you know, Anthony didn't do it. How you know he didn't, how you know Matt didn't do it. And so I told the deputy sitting on my couch, I said, watch him, because he could see down the hall. When he lost sight of him, I screamed for him to get his butt back in the office, <laughs> and he came in and again denied. Well, I didn't realize until I got the call right after he went down to go to the hospital that he had tied my tennis shoes laces together. Oh, man. So I'm trying to get dressed, and I'm fussing, and I get my tennis shoes, and all the laces are tied together, and I'm like, Ferrari. Your ass is mine when I get to that hospital, not realizing just how bad it was. And um, so he pranked me one last time, and uh, he and I will have a conversation about that one day. Yeah. And for those of you who are not present, she is wearing shoes without laces Absolutely. today. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, those, those will probably never be worn again. And he, um, But he was just the epitome of what I think every chief would want as an officer. He was compassionate, but he was tactically sound. He could get the job done. But he, some of his greatest moments, he would call me after he'd go on a call where a teenager might have been suicidal, and he would talk about being able to talk them down yeah. and the satisfaction he got from that. And let me point out something that I think uh, we'd be remiss without pointing out. Chris was not born a perfect man. No. He did not, he did not live a life that, the, the life that he live, left us was not the same man he was his whole life. No. He he made, he'd be the first to tell you, Absolutely. huge mistakes. Absolutely. He, he made terrible decisions. He went through things that taught him. And this was this is what I think, this is what's important to me with my life. This is why I look at him and I think, man, that's what I want to do. You learn is, from those mistakes. He's Yeah, he's done things that any of us would be ashamed to, to talk about. And he would stand there, he would look you straight in the eye and say, yeah, I did that. I did it. This is what I did. This is what I was thinking when I did it. And this is what I've learned yes. since then. And this is how I've changed. Yes. And that's how he became the guy that he was. Absolutely. So I, 
I want that, like, and I was listening, so through the whole appeal process and through all the other stuff, I've re-listened to a bunch of our episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think at the beginning, we had an idea for what we wanted this to be. And sure. I think the the concept of how he lived his life is the perfect remodeling for what, we, what, we're, what we're trying to do. Is we're trying to do that same thing where we talk about issues, where we talk about my personal issues. I'll talk about my problems all day on here. Sure. I'm, I'm not scared. I'm, I'm going to learn from that example. Yep. I'll stand in front of you guys and say everything I've ever done and we can talk about how to make it better because I want to yep. be a better man and I want you guys to learn from my mistakes so that you don't do the same damn thing. Well, my life's always had to be an open book because yeah. look who I'm dealing with. Bunch yeah. of cops. If I'm not honest, they'll they'll dig and find it or hell, y'all make it up. Yeah. So, I, you know, I got no choice but to be honest about and yeah. I, I, I tell that in training. My, ask me a question. Yeah. And we're not going to open up to you if you're not being straightforward with absolutely that's, at least that's how i am so absolutely I, I, I appreciated when you were straightforward with me so it's it that's that's our goal here is mm-hmm. to learn to live that kind of life and to be those kind of people and for us to help you be those kind of officers we, and we do that to honor chris yeah we have to keep his memory alive yeah and we, we will yeah we want we want more chris's in the world right because i did we, not want to start the podcast back i didn't no nope but I said I had to. First of all, he will be in my kitchen rattling my pots and pans if I don't, <laughs> because that's not what he would not have wanted his death to end this. No, he wouldn't have wanted it to stop you from anything. But this is hard. No doubt. No doubt. Well, it's it's so closely related, like we talked about, you know. A little too close. Yeah, I got you. But we're, we're going to do it anyway. Yep. And next week will be interesting. The next week. We can tell you we have Robert Almonte on, who is a retired U.S. Marshal yeah. that I have known for years. I'm very honored to call Robert a friend. And he was actually scheduled to be on the podcast the Thursday after Chris died. So he has graciously put us off a few weeks. And yeah. uh, if any of you have ever been in any kind of narcotics training, Robert is the guru of all the Mexican cartels. His training that I went through years ago is the only training in law enforcement that's ever given me nightmares. Damn. And he's, uh, he was the, I guess, Western Texas U S Marshal, however they divided up. And, um, he was, um, state and local before that, but that's going to be a really interesting podcast. Also very informative. Yeah. He's got some, he's got some super guy. Yes. Yeah, I'm really excited if I'm honest. <laughs> and we'll get we'll get Franz back on because we didn't even begin to touch the surface of everything with Franz Jerome. And I wasn't here to talk NYPD. with him. Yep, um, retired NYPD. Um, he, I know Chris would have been honored that Franz showed up at the funeral. Yeah. And uh, so we we've, we've got some guests lined up and things that we're going to do, but we just want to make sure it, it's all done to Chris's honor. Yep. Because it's what he would have wanted. We got you, Chris. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us.